You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Uh, it's so good to be here, especially for an episode that has such a special charitable meaning. Uh, uh, you may not be aware of this today, but today's episode and all of its proceeds are going to uh, the War Orphans. Uh, we're collecting as much money as we can for these sort of vague war orphans. You know, orphans of, uh, you know, just kind of like, uh, just kind of war. Just kind of wars that are happening. Yeah. It's a fun. I feel yeah. like, I feel like your fun. problem, Ben, is you want to narrow it down. Why can't I give it to all the war orphans? Why does it have to be war orphans from a specific war? No, it's... It, well, as long as they're orphans from a war. I yeah, mean, they're, they're just sort of... GTFO. Fuck no. That's a different thing. Uh, so we've got this gigantic, comically-sized piggy bank suspended over my studio ceiling. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to be filling it with money. Uh, and any of the ads we do for Stitch Fix... Or for uh, or for Postmates or Warby whatever Parker. else we do, Orby Parker. That, that, that'll all be going directly to these um, warfins. We'll call them. We'll just shorten it to warfins. Is that cool? Are we good with that? No, it's not cool. But <laughs> I feel like I don't have any other option. Um, if you're not understanding what I'm talking about, then you're the kind of stupid fucking idiot who didn't turn on HBO Go and watch Jim Carrey's The Mask. Which is the subject of today's Not Another Origin Story episode. And I am joined, happily joined, by a good friend and soon-to-be superstar of the podcast, my friend, Johnny Good to Be Here. Wait, his name is Johnny Good to Be Here? What a great last name for a guest. Hi. Jonathan... It's, I'm, I'm Johnny Good to be here. It's John, Johnny Good to be here. Johnny be good to be here. Nice to see you, Ben, and, and hello, folks. <laughs> the the problem is, is for him, it's not good to be here. So his name is really, it's sort of upsetting for him. Now, a long time ago, Johnny texted me out of the blue uh, uh, in response to an episode of this podcast that he had listened to and said that one day he would hope to do an episode on The Mask. Not because he has a particular... Like love, he doesn't have like a mask tattoo. It just, it just, it was an idea that struck him uh, over a year ago, and here we are, finally fulfilling that promise. And I'm, I'm very excited about it. I'm very excited, also. Thank you, Benjamin. Uh, as always, Jonathan and I, uh, Johnny and I, have just finished watching the film, and Pogues watched it about a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's also a good thing. I bought. A DVD of it because I the only place to rent it was six dollars that I could find and it was the same what? just to buy it so I bought Where? it and the Mask Two Son of Mask in case we ever oh. do that. <laughs> oh no, we were just going over that one with Jamie Kennedy know. and uh, Bob Hoskins as Odin. Uh, it, the the box cover in, upset me deeply. In probably one of his final roles. Ah, uh, yeah, we were reading some of the reviews of uh, Son of the Mask during the our, our watching of the Mask and oh, Richard Roper said it was. Uh, in his long veteran career reviewing movies, it was the one movie he seriously considered walking out of, didn't, wow. and then and then at the end of it, deeply regretted that he hadn't. <laughs> that was that wasn't Bob Hoskins' last role, was it? <laughs> oh no, I hope before not. he passed and became Odin for real. <laughs> um, but we'll get more into how this movie fits into the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs> as we jump into this episode. Uh, oh, Pope's. Yeah. Yes. Uh, opening opening thoughts on the mask. <laughs> um, it 
both held up better than I thought and not as well as I had hoped, if that makes sense. So for those of you that are stunned by this this uh, movie being the subject of today's episode, uh, The Mask actually premiered uh, on the Dark Horse Comics line in 1987. Uh, it was a relatively kind of sleeper hit for Dark Horse. Uh, they went on to put on put out like, geez, like, like I think, uh, yeah, six like full-length uh, story arcs for The Mask, as well as like a billion little one-offs and and crossovers i think the joker was wearing the mask at some point oh, yeah. which just seems redundant uh <laughs> uh just a whole variety of spin-offs of course the biggest being the adaptation of the film that we're going to talk about today uh the terrible sequel like 10 years later and the animated television show of which we were just listening to the intro of voiced by one of the animaniacs rob paulson rob paulson um but the comic <laughs> notoriously is uh, similar to our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode, not as lighthearted as the movie made about it. <laughs> Pogues, are you familiar at all with the uh, original comic? Uh, I'm going to be honest, no. I just know it's a comic. I don't think I've ever even seen a panel of the comic. Oh. Johnny and I looked up a bootleg copy of the uh, Mask Omnibus and kind of mm-hmm. breezed through the first episode. Um, here's some surprising things we're going to talk about more in the episode. Uh, it's actually... At points, I said at least the first act is a lot of shot-for-shot recreations of panels from the comic. Except that um, people the mask encounters <laughs> in the comic die grisly deaths <laughs> at his hand, or like just his like. Yes. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. No. He gu- he he rips faces off. He guns people down. He shoots a ton of cops. Uh, like a lot of police officers. Well, he rips his own face off. Yeah, he rips He has, he's an old lady maybe. Yeah. And he tears the old lady face off to reveal the and green And there's blood. Like, there's, it's, there is blood. It's, it's gore and it's grisly. But he, there's, there's specific three panels where he guns four cops down in an apartment <laughs> and then blows up the reinforcements with a rocket launcher. <laughs> now, is it, is it like this where it's just like a, uh, an homage to Tex Avery or is it like not like a well, cartoon? The visual of the mask in the comic is extremely close. Bald, kind of uh, 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 a pronounced sort of like brow, eye line, and the huge denture-like teeth. Sure. The fan, you know, let me tell you something. So true fans of the mask, <laughs> we actually call him Big Head. So yep. Just, you know. that are you, are you saying that house? you're a true fan of the mask? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Just going to make a note. <laughs> uh yeah, they, he is referred to as just as Big Head Big when head. he's in his, his his form, not just like the mask. I think um, I would know, and he would, Johnny would know. Johnny's can't argue it. <laughs> well, I lived. Here's the thing: I recently, until very recently, I lived very close to Portland or in Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. which, as we all know, is very close to Milwaukee, Oregon, uh, which is where Dark Horse is. So I feel like I should know oh. what they were doing in the eighties. Wow! When I lived in Port, I was I lived right there. I was there. I was there for it all. I I even went. I was. I mean, I was at uh, Dark Horse Studios. I, I saw their uh, their studio. That's a serious cred. I mean, not that really. I, I was well. I was at the comic shop they own across the street from the studio. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, the, part. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't buy anything. The closest thing I have here in the city of Chicago <laughs> that I live. Uh, is that we're near the NetherRealm Studios, the guys who make Mortal Kombat. So I know every move in Mortal Kombat because of how close I am to the studio. What town are we in? Uh, Chicago. Oh. Illinois. Sure. The Windy City. Okay. Oh, thank yeah. God, thank the... God that hasn't been brought up for a while. So no <laughs> one listening to the podcast. 
the, the Big Apple by the Bay. I remember. Uh, I recall. The City of Lights that never sleeps. Uh, if, if one of your or two of your town's nicknames are just another more famous city's nicknames <laughs> edited so that they're about you, you're not a famous city anymore. <laughs> All right, enough about Chicago. The incredible metropolis. It's beautiful. I took. A, I walked down here today. It was a beautiful goddamn city. Chicago, the New York of the Midwest. That's isn't no, no, that one no. of its good nicknames. Look, Chicago is this Chicago. This, this, there's the, no time to talk about how we Anthony, can't talk about Chicago anymore. There's no time to talk about how Anthony Bourdain called us the last true American metropolis. There's no time <laughs> to talk about that. What we have to talk about is the fact that Jim Carrey's first line, all of Jim Carrey's catchphrases as the mask come out simultaneously. They're pretty quick. <laughs> like when he puts the mask on, and I know I'm jumping ahead, but when he puts the mask on, I just need to point out. That all the phrases you remember from the film, he says them in quick succession as if he's trying to figure out which one's the funniest. Yeah, it is. It's seriously like he put the mask on and they were like, let's just do some like takes. Like you just add like, whatever you want. We're just going to leave the camera rolling. And then it got done. They were just like, fuck it. Those were all gold. Because he opens with smoking yeah. and then P-A-R-T-Y and then I think three more. I can't remember all Somebody <laughs> Stop Me, I think, Somebody is very close me, to that. Yeah. <laughs> But let's not get ahead of ourselves. So um, the movie does copy, uh, or not copy, but but uh, stays true to a number of the source material items. Uh, Stanley Ipkiss is the name. By the way, I fucking love the name Stanley Ipkiss. It is such a perfect, like, is such a perfect every man. doofus name. Yeah. yeah, every man. It's so good. This we um, talk about his uh, his sidekick in this movie, who is like the most cliche yeah. 90s sidekick that I think I've ever seen in a movie. He oh, starts off like instantly like creepy and like an idiot and kind of a douchebag you wouldn't actually want to be friends with. But then like oddly kind of nice. I love uh, that guy. He's later guy. armed and escorts hostages out of, out of the Coca-Cabana Coca whatever it's called. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, um, uh, uh, I just want to point this out because I was opening up the IMDb page to check this guy's name. And I, for one, to remind everybody that this film was nominated for an Oscar what? Uh, for visual effects. And it lost it to, to uh, Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because they figured out how to Photoshop somebody into a picture of Nixon? <laughs> Jesus. Yes. But Charlie Schumacher is, uh, Schumacher is uh, his friend here in, in the film. Yeah. They work together at the bank. Where Stanley and uh, uh, Charles, Charlie are, I guess, accounts Tele- managers, account managers of some kind. Um, a woman appears who is not Peggy. I got really confused here. <laughs> a woman appears and takes tickets from him, mm-hmm. and she's, oh. like, she's a curly. That's curly a co. Red that's hair. a coworker. It's a coworker. So he apparently so, has the hots for. Yes. And so when Peggy returns, the reporter, I was like, "That's her again," but it's not. Peggy was just <laughs> like just, she straightened out her curls. They are kind of similar. Well, she has some curly hair as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, all women look essentially alike. Yeah, that's so. true. They've all got right? heads. Did we get a clean take of that? <laughs> what? Did we get a clean take of that, Pokes? Do you want to get... Of him saying all women one? are essentially alike? <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I'm cutting that down sending it to his wife. <laughs> all right, well, I got a new ringtone for Johnny. Well, so I'm not married, <laughs> so I'm divorced. Thank you very much. All women are the same. All women are the same. Oh, sorry. Johnny's calling. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? In retrospect, this feels like it's just going to get me in trouble and not him. Most likely. Um, and we, we, we quickly go through a, a, a what is essentially a montage trying to establish that uh, Stanley here is a incompetent, but just weak-willed, a good guy. good quote-unquote good person. Um, he's a good guy. 
he's Which getting I, walked over by a variety of people. I was gonna say, did you feel like when they're like, he's a good guy? They meant to say he's just a pushover. He lets people take advantage of him. It's like this doesn't yes. make you a good person. It's just like you're just getting shit on. It doesn't make you a good human being. Oh, he's he's Mister Nice Guy. Mister yeah. Nice Guy. Yeah, nice guys finish last. Uh, he's living in Edge City. Mm-hmm. Do we have any guesses as to what this might be? I mean, I I, I think New York right away. No, I would say Chicago because it's so edgy. Huh. Could you could you feel my disdain, or do I need to do another no. take of that? Can you get the disdain to be a little thicker, just like a, like a thicker vitriol? Uh, uh, okay, there it is. Johnny, do we get a clean take of that groan? Yeah, that good. Guys, you know what's know. great on a podcast? <laughs> Audible groans? A heavy um, groaning into a mic. I'm sure you guys all enjoyed that listening. Uh, the only thing that I, I would actually think maybe Chicago, oh, just because she mentions... She mentions <laughs> the Tribune being the newspaper, which is our paper's name. Yeah, I don't know. What I, I mean, there's like a Tribune in every city. But there's, there's a always tribu- there's a there's Tribune everywhere. A couple Tribunes everywhere. <laughs> oh, Tim <laughs> Allen is here. Get him out now. <laughs> I should also point out that as I was digging up research on this to sort of get a sense of uh, of uh, the mask's uh, history hmm. as a uh, as a character, I was digging up the Comic Vine, which has always been sort of my encyclopedia on comics when I dig it up and their attempt to categorize the masks abilities are hilarious it is I think uh, 30 entries long just like agility blast power danger sense elasticity immortal invulnerability well, I mean immortal feels like probably <laughs> that's the only one you actually need it says just super say eating which I'm just super curious I, I, I kind of want to click through and see what other super well he did super are. eat a bomb <laughs> yeah he did super <laughs> eat some dynamite but um, uh, yeah so so Stanley uh, uh, eventually uh, discovers the bomb as, after he's uh, sexually harassed by Cameron Diaz uh, her her flotation <laughs> is aggressive it, she is she has got hands on the face within about a few minutes of her arrival um, Johnny pointed something out. This is actually her first role. Yep. And Very I, first. I, I gotta say, like, almost unrecognizable. Like, when she came what? out, I was like, wow, she really, really looks a lot different as her career goes on. You think well, so? I think so, yeah. Older? Do you, you, mean, get, you just get older. Yeah, do you mean older? No, I don't mean older. Obviously, yeah. She looks like so much different now. It's as if 20 years oh, have yeah. passed. Oh, yeah. No, it seems a little sexist, folks. Um, I, no, time. I just think she looks like a different person. I'm not like saying... Cause she, like, oh, because she's older. Hey, she's folks. Let herself go or something. Is that what you're saying? Post, First of all, we all know I hate old people, myself included. So, Pogues, could you take the mask off real quick? Because this this whole... <laughs> I want to go talk to the regular Pogues, not the oh, sexist okay, just mask. Let me oh, okay. Let real quick and then I'll come back. <laughs> Thank you, Tex Avery. Um, and we also meet uh, a side character known as uh, Miss Peen Man. It's a landlady. That, oh, that Wait, was her I, name? No, I, I want to talk Mrs. about Cameron Diaz more, though. Yeah, let's, yeah. Okay, let's yeah. talk some more about Cameron Diaz. I have some issues with her being in this movie. What kind well, of issues? I... Okay, well, <laughs> I'm not a Cameron Diaz fan. Right. And this movie, although I love it dearly, is responsible for launching Cameron Diaz's film oh, so career. You find her... Annoying, like I, I find, find her. Appe- I find her appearance offensive in this movie. At the same time, though, I saw this movie when I was quite young. So, having didn't know who she was at the time, I am like sexually attracted to her. But obviously. you also, as as an adult, don't like her as an as actor. an adult. Now, wait, can we just <laughs> pause real quick for a sec? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
let's just go ahead and t- Ben, do you find her sexually attractive? <laughs> Cameron Diaz? Yes. In this film? Yes, in this film. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, I had a huge crush on her when this movie came out. For sure. Are you crazy? It's kind of, she's, doing like, she's doing like the whole, like, uh, she's like a live-action Jessica Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, do she, agree with you, too. I'm not a fan of her in most of her movies. She's Fair smoking. Like, but my she's favorite, also in a lot of bad movies. Wait, so what is she? What, it, what is she? She's smoking, but... Wait, uh, wait, but but you know what? I would go on. I, you know what? I was gonna go on more about her physical features, but I'm just like, if she's smoking, somebody stop me. So um, okay, instead, I was gonna say, I feel like you're not saying smoking right. There's not enough syllables. Add about twelve. I, I I don't know what you mean. I said it correctly. Smoking. I <laughs> was somehow more. What? Upsetting. That's the word, right? Oh no! Hey, kids. Smoking. Smoking. Is that right? Yeah. Smoking. Yeah, that was it. You nailed it. Good. Um, now, what was your point? Uh, so, Stanley discovers the mask floating in the river. Mm-hmm. He puts the mask on. Wait, in hold the comic, on. Hold he does, on. Hold on. Go ahead, go ahead. The mask in the river. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. I want to talk about how he finds the mask in the river. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's Do you want to talk about tra- why the mask is in the river, too? It's a, it's a no, pile no, of trash I know. Oh, that we looks should. like a person. No, we should talk about why it's in the river in the it first place. It looks like a person. Because before the credits. Oh, right, because the cold open is an industrial accident. <laughs> the cold open is some guys laying what appear to be sewer pipes in the ocean. Not sure how far down they are or where they are in relative, like, relation to the city. But a guy finds a treasure chest located directly next to a pipe which has been laid, which makes you think... Nobody who's ever come down the surface this train pipe has ever been like. Hey, look, but I'm also curious chest. what they were doing because I understand the diver is like is sort of he was looking for it. He's establishing the right? was he part of the operation? I think no. he was looking for the chest. No, no, the diver is there helping them build whatever that tube is. I, I mean, that's like an assumption, a, folks. I don't give a fuck. I believe because they're lowering it down and he's talking to them. That's true. Oh, but oh, that's why he was like, wait. Yeah, because he's trying to. Which get is a dumb thing to say. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, also, like, I don't know if that cool thing mask. falling through the water would like fall quick enough to hurt him. Yeah, like because he dies. Why, or why? Oh, yeah, he's dead. He's, like, he's... Hey, just the pipe has to be very carefully laid because it's a pipe. You want it to be clear of water. So there's yeah. the whole process of getting it in there. You don't just go, hey, Bill, just drop it in there. We'll oh. figure it out. <laughs> so he wasn't looking for it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm not my. sure. I think he discovered Well, whatever. It. He's So he's found the thing there, and the they drop the pipe on. The mask is free. It floats down river. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, the, it's the first casualty. It's caught in a in a river tumbleweed of trash. Mm-hmm. Which, As there are. It's which, meant to look like a person. But it doesn't. But Johnny felt that it didn't. It no. No, 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 so much that when he goes to jump down in there, I was like, the mask isn't even in the shot. Like, I didn't even see it, because it just looks like it's like a, a milk jug. You can jug. barely see it. It's like a milk jug and some, uh, like, that seaweed crap that you put in, like, a fish tank where it's, like, plastic, and it looks like Yeah, junk. I don't know why it's in a river. Maybe it's different watching it on the big screen in the good olden days, or watching it now on HBO yeah, Go. I'm sorry you're just watching it on your private theater, but we watch it on a regular television. But so. I used to watch it on VCR. And or VHS as it's called in some cities, <laughs> and it's you. It's not a man in the water. It does not look like no, a, man. It's a man in the water. So Ipkiss sees it. Ipkiss is like, oh, there's a man in the water. There's not a man in there's the water. There's a man in the water. That's no. That's a pile of garbage. But this leads me to a question. You can see a ha- you can see a hand and like a mask. There's no man. We're gonna have to cover this in a minute because I believe no man that this is a side effect of the mask's power. Because we're gonna get to that in a minute here. Because the oh. mask. Enters into the storyline. Stanley takes it home with him. Mm-hmm. For some unknown reason, he puts it on. 
Uh, because he's watching a, a talk show about masks. Wait, hold on. My favorite Wait, part he... about when he goes to put the mask on is like it's shimmering, and then he goes to put it on, and it like starts sucking his face towards it, and he yeah. pulls it away. He's like, "Whoa!" And then goes. It's like, would goes you ever in, put yeah. that back on your face? No, I would no, no, instantly no. throw it as far away from me as possible. Also, I, if, I never would. Also, here's another thing I wouldn't do. If I found a bandana, or in uh, it, it, it in, in a river in a city in a trash would, pile in the river, that would go nowhere near my mouth. I just want to be clear here. <laughs> I didn't even Holy think about shit. it. He pulled it out of so like industrial trash. It was garbage. So gross. Not a man shape, just a pile of fucking garbage. Do you know what's in these fucking rivers? I was no. going to say, as, as two people who are from Ohio, we well know that rivers outside of big cities yeah. are not clean. <laughs> if you ever want to look up uh, Cleveland's river catching on fire. Yeah. I, li- I grew up next to the Illinois River, and okay. it, was, uh, it was very clean. <laughs> so so <laughs> let, let's be clear here. If you found, say, Full of barges. like uh, a mouthpiece um, for a scuba mask. For a trombone? For a trombone. Yeah. Well, yeah. In the river, would uh-huh. you put it in your mouth? Well, here's my bigger question. Maybe. Would either one of Maybe. you have even gotten in the river? Because I'd be like, nope. No. Like, rough break, bro. Okay, well, here's, here, here's the thing. If the body isn't moving, that's a, what are you going to do? That's not a person in need of saving. It's a yeah. dead person. That's a dead body. You yeah, just call the police. Especially if you're in a big city and you, there's somebody in the river, you can probably assume the mob put them there. And... You probably mind your own. And the police are not going to be, thank God that you dragged this body out of the river and destroyed all the evidence. No one's going to thank you for, for, for pulling a body out of the Chido. river. But I did like his, uh, he was he's very quick, yeah. quick-witted when he was like, uh, I'm just looking for, oh yeah, my, my mask. mask. Yeah, very believable excuse. Yeah. Very believable uh-huh. excuse. Very nice. Um, but then we, we have a scene that we talked about earlier where he puts the mask on, he transitions into the mask. Now, the makeup we work. We call him Big Head. He translates it into big head. The fans. The makeup work here is pretty insane because yeah, they it's, have it's to great. They have to completely encompass his head and his hair and make him look kind of naturally bald. His ears, too. Bald. His ears are kind of and his ears. He has no eyebrows. No eyebrows. Ears. They get they give him those big teeth. And I looked it up, and Jim Carrey reportedly did a lot of his lines while still wearing those dentures, which I imagine is fucking hard. Oh yeah, that's got to be painful as shit. I mean, think about they're, like, they're like three times you know? the size of a person's acting. Too. <laughs> yeah, it's and, like wearing a minimum. retainer. And I gotta and say, like the mask that they make allows him to articulate his face really well. Like, oh yeah, a lot of it is just him doing his normal dumb faces inside this. So, I mean, it is impressive. That that part's pretty impressive. Absolutely, yeah. The I mask think... is a character, not so much. I saw in an interview that the director said hiring Jim Carrey saved us a million dollars with IL for, for, for industrial light like magic, which of course is like a, an exaggeration, but I think it's hilarious that they're just like Jim Carrey's weird rubber face. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's, I feel it's, like that well, might not have been yeah. an exaggeration. It's its own VFX, you know, <laughs> but, he, but delivers, was he... he delivers a variety of his lines and then he returns to the club where he was formerly uh, uh, bounced off the curb. Yep. Uh, in a new car after robbing a bank, or is he robbing a bank? He, a ru- he rubs his own bank. Rubs his own bank. Rubs his own bank. Uh, yeah. I assume right before Wait, Tyrell's yeah. men are going to rob it. Yeah. So here's here's something I want to establish. He arrives in a fancy car. So question mm-hmm. one: So did very he go, stretchy limo? Did he steal that car? No, I, I believe it is. He like, made it up. I, yeah, I think it's like it's one of his figment. many things he just created. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so that's a huge part of my question here. <laughs> what? How big are his powers? 
what are the rules of the mask's power? Because let me run down a couple of things here. We know that he can shapeshift. He changes his physical form to have different costumes. Mm-hmm. We know that he can produce items from himself because mm-hmm. he suddenly will pull a Tommy gun out of his pot or a balloon into a Tommy gun or pull a clock out or a hammer. Um, so we know that those two things can happen. We know that he can hypnotize people because he does the Cuban Pete dance, which we'll get mm-hmm. to in a minute. Um but that's just and, good and, rhythm, so that might have been what actually hypnotized Well, he directly <laughs> wiggles his fingers at a woman and makes her sing. So magical noise. He can kind of hypnotize people. <laughs> uh, Tommy, yeah. But there's also <laughs> rules that we see. Like, he is shot at one point, and, the, and when his tie is severed from his zoot suit, uh, it turns back into being a piece of Stanley Ipkiss's, Ip- 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 that's hard to say, Ipkiss's. pajamas. Which means that his outfit is a manifestation of his clothing that has been shape-shifted. So Apparently. my question, my question is, how much of him is just him modifying Stanley's body into shapes? Like if he pulled this ridiculous hammer out and put it on the ground and then like left and turned back into Stanley, is that like a piece of Stanley on the no. ground? Like <laughs> I, well, I think, think so. I think only his clothes. And one, I feel like the only reason they turn back is just for a story beat. There's no. It makes no sense. Look, folks, I'm trying to put rules to this, okay? Well, here's the rule. Play with me. Power works for whatever the scene needs. <laughs> that appears to be what the, what the science is Does he need to eat a bomb? Boom, he can do it. Does he need to be able to pull out 800 guns at once? Done. Because my other question is, I feel like, because we talk about later in the movie, that this is a manifestation of Loki having been banished into this item mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. possessing the, uh, the person who... Where's it? So my theory is is that his manifestations are illusionary. And they're so illusionary that the human beings around him are forced to reconcile this like break with reality. And that's why they're able to sort of like people see him and they comment on his outfit or his dancing or the fact that he's like suave at a time or a, a point or two, but no one ever says, "What the fuck is up with that green head?" No one comments on his lack of ears. Well, what I find interesting <laughs> is, is they're like, "Oh, they call him the mask," but like at no point are they like a supernatural being. Like that seems no. to never come up that he exactly has, he has the ability to make things to create. All sorts of, you know, change costumes every four seconds. It's as if, like, they're like, yeah, well, of course he can do that. He's wearing a mask. Well, later on, they they try and frame him when the, uh, uh, is it Darian? What is his name? Dorian. Dorian. Dorian Tyrell. When Dorian Tyrell. Him in a minute. When Dorian Tyrell gets the the actual powered mask Mm -hmm, later, mm -hmm. he sends Jim Carrey (laughs) or Stanley, uh, uh, drops him off at the police station with, like, a rubber Halloween mask. Yeah. And to make it, and they they buy that, and it has ears on it. Yeah, and they buy that because I believe it's that like Green Goblin mask. When they're in the, in the presence of the mask, their brain almost just like breaks. It, it, it it's forced to it's forced to it, it's it, imagining a cartoon. It's forced almost. to acclimate around <sighs> this insane idea and treat it as if it's normal. Yeah, but once they're out of it, it, it could make sense that. This crime like spree guy just had the rubber mask on and was running around blowing stuff up. Well, that's why a few times someone does say snap out of it. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, Lieutenant Calloway. Calloway? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Says snap snap out of it to uh-huh. some of the cops. Uh, at one point, 
Dorian is the same way. He's like, it seems to be shaken out of it, you know, and then uh, starts shooting at him again. Do you see? I see. <laughs> That's a good catchphrase. Um, a really important moment here is he also goes on a bit of a revenge spree, ah, yes. visiting. Uh, well, I guess which is part, part of comic also. Part of it's not revenge. Yeah, part of it in the comic is very much revenge. So in the comic, it's much worse. Stanley buys the mask from an antique store, and it's intentional because his his girlfriend at the time is really into this kind of old uh, old world foreign antique. So it's actually a good gift. Um, on the way home, he is mugged. They don't take the mask, but he is mugged. And then when he gets home, uh, he eventually tries the mask on. And he goes back out to find the criminals that mugged him, which is very reminiscent of the scene in the film. Uh, and he eviscerates them. <laughs> he arrives with a fake costume, which he rips his human face off with a spurt of blood. And then produces the guns, the kind of Tommy gun thing that you see in the film. Except he fills these men with bullets, shreds their bodies to ribbons, to bloody ribbons in the comic. Of course, in the film, he does a puppet show for them, which they are all very excited to see. <laughs> and don't question. And don't question. But meanwhile, his landlord yeah. did... Well, I don't know. You, you, thought she, you thought to seem... No, you thought... She, I, I, you I, seem to think that she, she was, was confused was saying, by the green mask. From her but perspective, I think she's confused about the the hammer. For her, from her perspective, it's a freak. She with a giant the, fucking hammer. She opened the door, and there's a man in a green mask with a giant fucking hammer. With a hammer. No, a giant fucking a giant, dressed a in a suit, which is probably the most alarming. A which is crazy. Hammer. She grabs a double-barreled shotgun and attempts to slaughter him. Yeah, in a hallway felt, that's full of apartments. Which I felt was an overreaction. But he had a giant hammer. Here's also the point that's interesting. Uh, The damage he does is still in the apartment. So it can't just be a figment, like uh, an imaginary thing. He's causing real damage to the world. He does do real damage. And when he comes back, he's as Stanley Ipkiss. He can see all the damage. He he has kill people. I guess I'm not saying that everything he's done is illusionary. What I am saying is that when people are in the presence of it, they're they, sucked into it. Yeah, they're, 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 they just accept that he's a green yeah, weirdo. Yeah, that part is just sort of written over. It's like it's so. like their minds are trying to adapt to it. It's like it's like it's like Sphere or Event Horizon, where like there's some sort of mystical, terrifying force, and everyone sees a different thing when they look at it. They see mm-hmm. like a fear from their past or something. Like they their brains sort of like work around the the invading idea and, cre- and create a reality that makes sense because it has to be because these people just don't react to or, a green man who's sp- is spinning around like a Tex Avery character but he's doing a bit <laughs> and turning into creatures I think maybe there's a chance his head becomes a wolf that <laughs> whistles and everyone's like cool feel <laughs> at like one point a chance you're hold really on Pokes too much into the mask Pokes at one point he accepts an academy award and the characters next to him look at the fictional audience and straighten their ties because they believe that they're in front of a large audience. Yeah, and the one guy yeah, the one guy smooths down his hair. Speaking yeah. of that guy, can we go Dorian. talk about Dorian yeah. the bad guy? I'm done rambling. Go ahead, Dose. I just I I don't even know how to describe this guy. He is like I I don't even know. He has the world's worst. Did you notice like every villain in this 
had like long hair for some reason. It was really weird. It was like everybody that had a ponytail or a mullet, which was a weird. Yeah, there were a lot. Oh, a rat tail. Yeah. Dorian's also he's... doing like an an old world New York accent. Like <laughs> like he's doing like a yeah. real. Well, like, what, it, what is like? Like it's Daniel Day Lewis without the tag. Yes, yes, oh. exactly. Oh no. Uh, well, maybe not so meanly, but he is trying to do a. <laughs> he is trying to do a a uh, what's that film now? Now I'm spacing on it. Uh, Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York. He's doing a Gangs of New York accent, and it's a little oh, yeah. much at times. Yeah, and it also is like he is. I mean, he's like the most cliche part of a very cliche movie. But like every line he <laughs> says is just like so dumb, and I could not figure out. So he's like a bad guy who works for another bad guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was looking up this actor because I, was, I he, he seems familiar. I feel like he's I've seen him in yeah, a million he's been in other stuff. villain roles. But the only thing I could find from him initially on a quick check was I recognized him from Pulp Fiction. He is Zed, uh, as in you know who is Zed yeah. Dorian? Dorian. Dorian. Yeah, he's the guy. Dorian who is the... Zed. As I was scrolling down, I realized I cannot forget. Peter, Wait, guy, the guy actor's name is Peter Green. It's the who, actor. I don't. Know Dorian, about. the the villain. Who's Zed? Uh, he's he the plays guy who owns the gun store, isn't he? The like, yes. pawn shop they go into with the game. You've never seen Pulp Fiction. What the you? fuck are you talking about? We'll Have you that. never seen Pulp Fiction? Because <laughs> it's a really big part of the movie. Did not know. Okay. Seems like you're laughing a lot at me right now. It's fine. <laughs> Wait, have you not seen Pulp Fiction? No, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, I. Is, are you making fun of me? No, I'm a little just, bit. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> no, I haven't seen Pulp Fiction. Is it good? Well, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. We'll, we'll have you on our other podcast. I've seen Reservoir Dogs. Do you know Tarantino? I've uh, seen Reservoir Dogs. We'll, we'll cover that then. But cool. uh, for now, I just wanted to, I wanted to explain why I'm <laughs> laughing is because uh, Peter Green, Dorian, has a ah. role that I can't explain to you because I'm only looking at his IMDb page that says he was a character named Peter Krebs in a movie called... The Kill Hole. <laughs> I've seen that. I'm sorry. The Kill Hole? It's a good one. I like The Kill Hole. That's not... It's not even like an expression. Kill Box is an expression. Kill Hole, the not kill so hole. much. Kill Hole is pretty good. What is The Kill Hole? It's pretty good. Wasn't bad. Who what was it about? This? Ben, will, kinda... ben will tell you. He has it all over there. Oh, yeah, you said you've seen it, so I'd like, I'd like to stars... hear it. It stars Chadwick Boseman? What is this? <laughs> What? And Billy Zane and Peter Green are all in the kill hole. <laughs> Love the kill hole. All right, I'm moving on. I can't. This is a distraction. We'll cover that. But yeah, I was going to say this. We're introduced to this guy's boss, who is like an old man with a ponytail, which is yes. not a good look for anybody. Yeah, a character who will appear and then disappear and then reappear only to be murdered by a mouth gun. Yes, and, and here's the thing that gets me, though. So he threatens Dorian. Because he's mad at him for pulling the bank job because he says you can't pull jobs without blah, blah, blah. So he hits a golf ball off of his face and all this <laughs> stuff. And he's like, I'm giving you one week to get out of town, which seems like a pretty nice deal for a mob boss who's threatening to murder you to give you a time limit. But then Dorian then spends the next week in the club that the mob boss owns <laughs> planning ways to kill the mob us and like it's like wait why is he still he still owns the club like when they show up he's like running it like day yeah. to day it was so weird and it's it like the guy's like you got to get out of here in a week but i need somebody to cover the club for that week i'm look. i got to, i got some 
interviews next week. We'll be fine. I'll get somebody in there. But look, D- D- Dorian, <laughs> if I see you around here again, I will take your teeth. You understand? And I'll grind them down. But before you go, no one here knows how to work the POS system. So if you could just like hang out for like a week or so. Also, uh, yeah, sure. you could just show us how to like do it. Just, yeah, just tr- go ahead and go ahead and train your replacement. Would be great. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Pick who you want from the staff. You know, I want to. I want to promote from within. This will also give you time to fill out your. Uh, does anyone else? Information. Yeah, you know, like we do your resume. Just take some time, Does, man. Do, do you know anyone else from your hit film, <laughs> Kill Hole? Love Kill Hole, you guys. <laughs> fucking Kill I'm, Hole. I'm sure that he would have loved Great to have had Chad McBosman come in and. Uh... Love Kill Hole. <laughs> um, but I also wanted to point out that uh, in the comic, after murdering the people who mugged him, he then goes to the auto body shop where the uh, guys had screwed him over earlier. This is both in the movie and in the comic, uh, and gets revenge. Now both s- revenges are horrifying. In the comic, there is a man who is stuffed with a muffler, um, because there's a scene. They don't see it happen, but there's a scene where the aftermath is being investigated by the police, in which one of the men has been just torn asunder, like he's been ripped in half, and the other basically had the muffler put into him like i can't describe it his head is like shaped differently because a muffler has been jammed up into his torso and head so his head has his, a muffler his shape his head is like rectangle to yeah like fit the muffler shape <laughs> like a cartoon uh, now yeah like a cartoon well a little glorier than that but yeah sure but, but well in, it's, it's like a cartoon was doing it to him yes but in <laughs> in the film these two men are are sodomized. Yeah. Is that right? Well, yeah, because... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he puts, they like, full-length mufflers up their butts. <laughs> which was not something I was probably, like, okay with. I like that the paramedics are like, get a proctologist out here now. And I'm like, I don't think that's his specialty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably going to do surgery. Probably going to need more in the proctologist. Yeah, I don't think... <laughs> that'd, be like if, that'd be like if they... If you like jammed like dynamite into someone's mouth, and like get a dentist. <laughs> like I don't think it really applies. It'd be a great, a great story though. For when you're having cocktails <laughs> with the boys and you're late fifties, like one time I took mufflers out of two guys' asses. Yeah, that's what you know. The ma- said, proctologists have the best stories. I was just on. Fair you enough. know, I was on. You know, I was. I was. I was. I was teeing off on on the ninth, and uh, the mayor called me and said, "You won't believe." <laughs> What's happening down at the uh, the old Ghostbusters place? Because you know what that uh, auto shop is? Was it actually? That is the set. I of thought it was Ghostbusters. I thought it friends. was. So now we know why yes. the now we know why that building is for sale. When, it's definitely in New York City. When the Ghostbusters need it, right? Because uh, when they come to that building and, and they buy it, the reason that it's up for sale is that the former owners were brutally killed when their anuses were Possibly. torn open I'm not by sure mufflers. Though. I'm not sure, though. Because did this, did this is the reality of this movie before Ghostbusters? What is the time frame of this movie? I'm saying uh-huh. it's, it's pre-Ghostbusters. They have old cars. They have also have new cars. Look, I just want to imagine that the place I, was I abandoned. I think it's supposed to be 1994. I thought so, too. But in my fiction, I want to imagine the Ghostbusters could buy the place, which was formerly abandoned, because everyone's like, 
hey, what happened to the former tenants? And everyone's like, mm-hmm. oh, sure. their anuses were torn asunder by muffler pipes. And they're like, I don't you know want to buy this place. <laughs> I, I love I love that idea. And I wish it was true, but I just don't think chronologically it can That's be. That's fine. I, I... So I'm going to have to give hey, you Johnny? a fail for the episode. Johnny, can we have a... Can we have no, a... you get an F for the episode. John, can we have a side? No, you get an F. Can we have a side real quick? Do you give grades for the can... show? <laughs> Folks, can you answer him? Uh, yeah, we do, but... Can I grade? Can I grade you both at the end of the show? Yes. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. but it's not a Richter scale. No, no, no. It's on. It's like an A, B, C, D, F thing. Oh, uh, okay. There's no E though, obviously, because that's not a grade. I'm gonna move reason. past this bit. Uh, uh, Pokes, I have a question for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you own any? Well, well, actually, I have two questions for you. Wasn't a bit. The first question is: Do you own any button-up, two-piece, pajama sets? Uh, I mean, this feels like a personal question that I don't know if I should answer because I feel like you're going to you say yes. More no, than one set of button top pants. I own no pajamas, period. Pajamas. Okay. <laughs> like gym shorts. Second question yeah. Pajamas or pajamas? Uh, let me see. Why don't you come to a pajama party? There you go, pajama. This is how Johnny. I apparently say it. How do you say it? Same questions. I say pajama, but in the movie they all they all say pajama. Specifically, and and all and, the characters point to them say pajama. Now, also, first question: Do you own any sets of 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 themed pajamas? Hmm? Of pajama juice themed? Yeah, because he has the nautical ones. I have no. The- I have no sets of themed pajama sets. Now, how many pajama sets do you own that aren't themed? They're just like blue. Three. Wow. Full? There's a, like a there's silk a, pajama. No, they're cotton because uh, cotton breathes. And they're, uh, it's a top and a bottom. And they are uh, they're very nice. They're, they're plaid. I have a gray plaid, a blue plaid, and like a green plaid. Interesting. Could you hold on? Ben, can I, can I just get you into a side yeah. here for a second? Okay. Johnny, yeah, we're going to step over here. No, it's fine. I'll, stay, I'll, stay go, yeah, I'll go yeah. wait for yeah. my drink. What's up, folks? Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> He's wearing, he's wearing Who pajamas owns right pajamas? now. <laughs> I, I guess Stanley Ipkiss and Johnny. I get this is an alarming. <laughs> okay, do you own pajamas? Let's go back. Let's go back to the podcast. Let's go back oh no, podcast. let's go back to the podcast. Um, okay, so we've gone pretty far in the episode without mentioning a few important things, and I want to make sure that these get talked about. Number one, not really number one. Number like ten at this point. Loki is mentioned in this film. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Loki possesses this mask, and 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 we don't know what the course of this mask is, right? Like the uh, mask it, is supposed to. The re- don't they see it like um, it like uh, I don't know. I can't think of the words. So you just keep talking. What I'm saying is, can we assume that Loki's able to break free of the mask once it is disposed of? And eventually return to this corporeal realm, and thus we have the MCU. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably because this movie has about as good a grasp on Norse mythology <laughs> as uh, the Marvel Universe does. It's tenuous at best. I should point out that in the sequel, Alan Cummings plays Loki, and <laughs> Odin is in the film, and there's a lot more attempts to, to talk about that kind of stuff, which was probably a mistake. 
because that yeah. is not the part anyone cares about. It's, it's also to me like really weird because he keeps saying amplify is the word I was looking for uh, that it amplifies ah. like who the person is, and so he's like a big like cartoon goofball. So the mask is like a big cartoon like overly romantic goofball. When Dorian puts it on, he still he's nothing as his mullet, but he's like a demony faced version of the mask but he doesn't seem to really be that much worse other than the fact that he Dorian real slow Dorian wearing the mask is the biggest waste in this film it's probably the yes. biggest disappointment in this film because seeing the mask do his crazy shit is the only reason to watch this right it's the whole mm-hmm. thing yeah so it's when, to see him do his over the top and his when, weird faces and everything when Dorian has it you expect him to be doing something similar but less wacky less Cuban Pete less cartoonish and more sinister but he does exactly one thing Mm -hmm. with the mask which is that he spits out bullets and that is it and can we talk about like the fact that he keeps his hair is deeply unsettling yeah i don't like Like, i don't get why he keeps his hair he keeps his hair the mask doesn't look very good he gets like thicker he gets Mm -hmm. like a wider his his neck is uh they hired like a wrestler to out. Yeah. play him. Also, he begins to deliver his lines in like a slow, deep voice when he goes to kiss her, and yeah. the guy's like, "We got to get out of here." And he's like, "There's always more." Time. It's like, what the fuck is happening? And then he's talking, and he pulls but more the mask importantly, We see that the mask can do almost anything. He can possess mm-hmm. people. He can make them do anything. You'd think when he enters this gala that if this is his big moment, like the Joker in like Dark Knight or something, like taunt everyone and to like do sort of get revenge because he too from his perspective is downtrodden like in the criminal sense you know there's bigger fish that keep you know rejecting him so this is like a moment for him to show up and like dominate this is him unleashed but he walks in he just uses he has his men shoot their normal guns (laughs) at 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 the at the guy then he does like the mouth bullet thing but then he, he strings Cameron Diaz to a tree in the establishment, and he has, like, one of his henchmen bring in a bomb. I'm like, you're the mask now, guy. You can do, like, fucking... You can pull a bomb out of your mouth. It's <laughs> like, so weird that... I, I don't know if it was supposed to be, like, the mask is only insane because Stanley Ipkiss is, like, such a big Warner Brothers fan. Is it like the Green Lantern? Because, like, like the, Gre- the Green Lantern's ring allows him to manifest whatever you can think of. So, like, the more creative of a person you are, like, the more... Uh, expansive your powers can be is that it is he just like boring and he has no idea how to use it hey dudes go ahead yeah i'm back yeah i i don't i don't think that i don't think <laughs> where did you go <laughs> he, he was on a different podcast for a minute so he had to oh good for you <laughs> hey dudes <laughs> that's a second country i'm back it's another country so Dwayne doesn't give a fuck yeah about what the mask can do for him really other than it gives him power, right? But so what he, power? He, it makes him invincible. That's, That's true. all he gives a fuck yeah, about. He's invincible. Like, oh, it makes me invincible. And like, oh, I can do this one weird trick with the bullet thing. <laughs> I'm a fucking psychopath. Which doesn't seem like him. I don't know. But I know, don't know. Like, I wish they would have played up, like you said, he's a psychopath. Like, it would have been great if uh, when he showed up, like, the door had, like, opened and, like, a, a red carpet had rolled out and, like, all this stuff. Like, he had set up, like, some sort of weird thing to make him some more, seem more... More cartoony? Well, like, more, um, like, prestigious than he, you know what I mean? Like, a real over-the-top, like, what he thinks is, like, a mobster is like, 
ooh, this would be the most badass entrance. Instead, he literally just walks in and two guys just shoot guns. Because yeah, they just blow the doors off the Stanley's wall. wearing, yeah. like, the zoot suit because it's sort of like a Tex Avery, like, wolf's wearing, yes. like, the zoot That's what he is. That's what he loves. Right. So it, he becomes that. But Makes it, sense. It's, 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 it's Stanley's... But he has imagination. It's what's in his... The back of his mind is, like, what cool would be to Stanley. Yeah. Is the mask. And Dorian is boring. It's like a fat-necked slow talker who doesn't do anything it's so disappointing he's kind of like what's the the bond villain like fat neck <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i don't i don't know if i remember this this specific one was that moonraker i haven't seen that one for a while. wasn't that like a guy that had a bunch of shark teeth in his mouth jaws he was jaws, jaws that's yeah. it and he couldn't fucking talk yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So he was just like, Rrr. he all these fucking like teeth That's in very much what he was like. He There's was always like, time <laughs> for one last kiss. With old fat neck. That was With old fat <laughs> I don't know. He's just, un- he's just unimaginative and uh, teaches children, all you kids listening out there, that you should use your imagination mm-hmm. and stay in school. Yeah. And then you too can become the mask. So that in case you find Loki's disembodied uh, self in a mask, you can use it to... So, we've pushed on a little bit, and I think I'll be... I think I'll get in legal trouble if I don't talk about this uh, in full. Um, the Stanley as the mask is briefly cornered by the police. We say Big Head is fans. Big Head? Yeah. Now, Big Head is cornered at... The uh, <laughs> landfill park, which is a park built on top of a landfill, yeah, uh-huh, in Ed uh-huh, City, uh-huh. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm, because it's edgy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and uh, they do a great bit where they're arresting him. They yeah. freeze. He turns to ice. Uh, chef's oh, kiss. Oh, they, they, they go through his pockets, and he has the a whole, bunch of variety of things. He asks them. He, he has a bazooka. Uh, <laughs> he has a permit for that, though. He, he, he asks. He asks them to touch his penis, which is <laughs> <What>? fun. <laughs> he says a little to the left, and then he makes a face. And then he pulls out a picture of uh, the detective's wife, a nude photo of her. Yep. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he escapes and jumps over the wall, and every police officer in Edge City is here. So it's a Real great quick, time to like. I don't want to candy bars. I don't want to blow too far past it, but right before this, before he's arrested, yes, he meets Karen Deere as his character, and a very Pepe Le Pew uh, kind of. He's got a Pepe Le yeah. Pew kind of French outfit yeah. on. And he comes forward and he says a couple of things, kind of like he wants to show her him his croissant, which he says specifically. Yeah, yes. yeah, he's. Uh, the, uh, he wants to dip his ladle in her French soup. <laughs> uh, he mentions um, in her pate. Is that what he says? He grabs her knee and says he wants to divide and conquer. Like Napoleon, I will divide like and the, conquer. Uh, yeah, all deeply <laughs> again, upsetting. <laughs> again, another moment where they were like, "Do some French puns about intercourse," and he was like, "All right." He just did fifteen, and they were just like, yeah, "What's also but weird?" I also, I also think, though, real quick, I also think that that is part of him taking over. I mean, that's the Pepe scene. Le Pew. You know? Like, he's doing a Pepe Le Pew scene. That's what he thinks So it's becoming a cartoon. Seduction. Yeah, he's, he's and that's becoming very rapey. And that's why Cameron Diaz can't leave. Because <laughs> the cat never leaves. She always is, like, trying to leave, but never does. Yeah, which is weird because Cameron, Cameron's face rapidly changes here a couple times. She's obviously very upset when he first starts talking to her. She, in fact, hits him and tries mm-hmm. to, tries yeah, to, she tries to, to run She kicks him right in the nuts. At some does point, the balls, he's yes. doing... The, right before the Napoleon thing, she is giving him like a serious she attraction smiles. face. Yeah. Why didn't she leave then? And then she's reverted again, and she never talks about it. 
She never like later on when she sees Stanley, she's never like, oh, I hated that. I oh, hate. Yeah. I'm just confused why we never like go over the fact that you know because these movies always talk about the fact that like because this is like a, what is the oh god damn it what is the old uh, film where the the nerdy guy takes the potion and then he's like the 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 suave guy the nerdy professor the, the nerdy professor and the nerdy professor was, oh the, with Eddie with Eddie Murphy yes yeah oh. with Eddie Murphy sure we that established a more insensitive we established <laughs> that the the cool guy persona is really shitty a dickhead sure a dickhead. A douchebag. But doesn't really come back. And we comment right. on that. Yeah, but in true. The Mask, he's he's a literally like sexually assaulted Cameron Diaz. <laughs> and we never like go back, oh, The Mask is horrible. Yeah, but, like at the end when he goes to throw it away, he's like, are you sure it's just going to be me? Won't it be boring? She should have been like, yes, yeah, he's a tried- literal monster. <laughs> I can't stand him. He <laughs> yeah. keeps trying to assault me. We never <laughs> throw it away or we will never be together again. Stanley, you uh-huh. sodomized two men. They died in the hospital. <laughs> Which is probably for the best, because who would want to have lived after that? I don't know. Um, but uh, uh, what I was getting at is he's cornered mm-hmm. after a bunch of great bits. I mean, just great bits. Uh, and then he twirls around, and he's dressed um, in a way, and he identifies himself in song as Cuban Pete. Yes. Now, this is this is a bit... Which I think they knew their target audience was people who remember Desi Arnaz from the I Love Lucy show doing this song. <laughs> That's who they were going for. People who were in their mid fifties at this point is who they thought were coming out to check out the mask. It doesn't. I don't know why this is the song they would have picked. It's so out of like the zeitgeist for the nineties. But then it becomes into like at the end. It transforms into a whole like jazzy kind of number that the kids will bop to right oh yeah they're into it i love when the one uh like the chubby stupid detective like the sidekick oh, detective, Doyle. yeah where he goes out and starts doing the weird dance where he's like touching his elbows it, it's like yeah. so weird and then his and then his boss says to him if you start dancing i'll shoot you myself yeah his this is really a, a movie about people that are not good people these are awful terrible people yeah, I think the only good person may be the dog. I think the only good person is Stanley Ipkiss. But he's also terrible because he killed people and put yeah. <laughs> mufflers up there. He's, he's like a pushover. <laughs> and he is just a milk toast, just little. Eh, you know. so, so, one last thing we want to cover that's something we did not talk about in this film is at some point, Stanley's very cute and apparently well trained dog, Milo. Mm. Who acts as a sidekick of the third act of this movie in a major mm-hmm. way, freeing him from prison and helping him uh, uh, take back the mask from Dorian. Um, the the dog briefly gets the mask on. Ah, yes. Johnny, any thoughts on uh, those course of events? It's just like film gold, then. <laughs> just like it's. This movie came out in 1984. Which is two years before the hit 1996 film Fear came out, which I love. But, I mean, I'm just saying that... So, 94 was a great year for film. Yeah. This is amazing. Sure. This is why it should have won against uh, Forrest Gump. Gump. Yeah. You know, like, this, the dog with the mask is great. You know? Like, it's amazing. I mean, when he pulls the mask off, the eyes bug out. The mask, like, makes a funny 
The master dog makes a funny voice. The dog it's all does, it's all delightful. It's, it's just a very lovely trump. The dog does more than Dorian. The dog makes a bunch of faces. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is also weird now that you bring it up. The dog has more imagination than Dorian. <laughs> the dog has much more imagination than Dorian does. Dorian is boring. He's a boring villain. He's a boring villain. Yes. He deserves to lose. Yeah, he does, which he does. Um, because well, he's the villain. Is returned to. We say big head for fans. To big head. Yeah. To to to, to, to Stanley, so he can return to being yeah. big head. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Dorian well, gets flushed down the toilet. Here's something funny. That we oh yeah, that was a good to. bit. Yeah, that was a good bit. Um, it, <laughs> kind of. It, it, kind John, of. Johnny, when you saw the outfit uh, at the very beginning of the film, when he's when he's first big head, uh, oh, he's wearing yeah. the big zoot suit. Who uh, are you talking about? Big head. Oh, the mask. The mask. Yes. Oh, yes. The mask. God yes. damn it. Um, <laughs> we talked about briefly while we were watching it that this seemed like maybe like a reaction to swing music kind of being oh, yeah. cooler well, yeah, again in the right. 90s. It was during the revival. But here's the thing. In, in flipping through the anthology, uh, the omnibus for The Mask, he yeah. actually is also dressed like this in the comic that came out in like 87. Oh. Um, in fact, Stanley is wearing comical pajamas mm-hmm. in the comic mm-hmm. when he mm-hmm. translated, mm-hmm. which is turned into mm-hmm. the suit mm-hmm. pattern. So mm-hmm. he's, so he's mm-hmm. wearing this sort of like checkered suit I hear what you're saying of pajamas and then it yes. expands the shoulders and adds the yep. tie yeah I hear what you're saying so yeah. it's kind of both yeah okay, uh, okay. Yeah, well, I, no, think, I, I think even in the comic I'll kill you sorry what, what's the <laughs> who are you talking to definitely not me he's never threatened to murder me <laughs> he's threatened to like beat me up but, uh, it's no, better not like, to be in the same room look as we'll him. cover this later on my other podcast okay. I've killed Johnny and I do it again. I don't subscribe to that podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like though in the comic too, isn't it supposed to be like he's like a Tex Avery cartoon? Yes. Like, well, I, yes. I feel like the whole yeah. So I feel like that's the look. That's the Stanley the is a cartoonist. But the vi- yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a cartoonist. Oh, yes. See, now that yeah. Makes way more sense. It's actually better. Who bought a couple of VHS tapes? Yeah, because we we, 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 cartoon we characters. Over, yeah, yeah. We gloss over this, but just I want to pick. I want to explain to you, Stanley comes home from work and mm-hmm. takes one of many, many Looney Tunes cartoons uh, VHS tapes off of a rack of them mm-hmm. that he keeps next to his TV and pops it in to, to unwind, which I find odd. Bizarre? Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely, like, uh, emotionally stunted. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little bit of a rest development there. Uh-huh. Yeah, there we go. Sure, so, let sure. me ask you... Yeah, that's great, Ben. Johnny, let me ask you this question. I don't know. I, I don't know. No, no, I don't really find so attractive or whatever. Let me ask you this question. <laughs> no, no, no. If you could give the 1994 film The Mask, yeah, a rating out of one maraca to ten maracas, what rating would you give it? Seven. Seven maracas. A maracas good or bad? <laughs> Well, numbers are... I think that's a question you know the answer to. Pogue, same question. I think maracas are bad. Uh, No, maracas are great. You like maracas? Pogue, same question. I I mean, I... I don't don't want any maracas. (laughs) Wow. I think less less maracas is better. Pogue's... Well, it depends. Is is this based on a maraca band? Pogue's, would you recommend the film? It's up to you. Would I recommend it? Uh, I, I mean, if you saw it when it came out and you enjoyed it... I feel like uh, our, our friend Chris, actually, I talked to him a minute about this because he had watched it recently, uh, surprisingly. Chris, who's been on the podcast a ton, uh, Chris Arneson, um, 
he said that he thought it held up pretty well i didn't exactly agree with that statement but i think if you had seen it and you liked it i think it'd be worth going back and just revisiting it's not a particularly long movie uh it's a a, a movies were a good length yeah yeah and i i watched this i actually when i bought the dvd i took it over and i watched it with my brother who i saw the movie with originally and you know, we laughed at... There's a couple of good bits that we laughed at. And there was some that's some, great, yeah, that's some great bits. I would say, kind of off of what you were just saying, folks, if you saw this movie and you vaguely remember it, it's still that. Yeah. It's still that. Yeah. So that could be good or bad. It's just... It's it's yeah, I guess still what you felt about it the first time is probably going to be how you're going to feel about it this time. It's not different now that you're no. older. It's just the same it works. movie. There's maybe a few parts where you're like, eh, it's a little sexist. But like, sure, <laughs> other sure, than that, sure. it's like and fine. It's definitely rapey. <laughs> it's a little rapey it's sometimes. Little rapey. But I guess so were those Tex Avery cartoons. So and like, who's that is to... true. The wolf is really big into rape. <laughs> He's really into rape. And who's to say what's right or wrong? <laughs> well, you know? well, hold on. I, I mean, society, <laughs> everybody. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it, looking back on it, if they had just added something at the end, it would have been, like Ben said, I think it would have actually made the movie better. If, if people had been like, the mask is shitty. Because like you said, you need that in a Nutty Professor-esque uh, story. Yeah, I think so. I think that was the one element missing was that sort of moral of Stanley's good enough. The mask is, you know, too much id. It's, just, it's, not, it's not something that anyone would actually want to spend time with. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, yeah. would, or would consider good. Like, they don't cover enough of this. Yeah, he commits multiple crimes. Anti-heroes. Oh, yes. It's sort of just... Actually, he never commits not a crime. <laughs> He's so, he commits a lot. His existence is a crime. But he finds a balance at the end of the film. Well, no, he to, rejects to get mask. rid of the mask. But I think I think he'll like... But then, he's, but then he does say... Smoking. And I feel like he has a little bit... No, no, it's... Sorry, what? Try it again. You say it. Smoking. No, it's like smoking. Yeah, try it. Now you try it. Smoking. Can you try it, Pogues? Can you try it? Smoking. Okay, that's great. It's like it's like. Do you want to sit? Guys are really good. Do you want to sit in the non-smoking or the smoking? Smoking section. No, but he says it at the end of the film. He throws the mask. He throw. He throws the mask. I remember when there were smoking sections at Perkins. <laughs> yeah. When you yeah. throw this, he throws the mask into the water. And that's fine. And then uh, he becomes, he finds a nice middle ground because uh-huh. he still wants the hot woman. Mm-hmm. Which also, it's weird he's gonna... doesn't come back that time. It comes back every other time he tries to throw it away. Milo is swimming. That's true. But he learned, because he, he learned the lesson. Loki's done with him. Oh. And now it's on to the next chapter. Which, which is which unfortunately is Jamie Kennedy. Did you think it was cool that in the end credit sequence, uh, Samuel L. Jackson shows up as Nick Fury and welcomes the mask into the Avengers? That was pretty cool, right? Mm-hmm. Loki was never in the Avengers. Thank you. <laughs> Missed that part. I told you to fast forward to the end of the credits, and there wasn't any end of credit scene. There wasn't. Uh, this is the yeah, this was the nineties. There was yeah. no end of credit scene. There was in High Strung. Was yep. there also in Kill Hole? Let let us. Kill Hole had like three end of things let us let us so many let us use this as an opportunity to also rep a movie that john and i johnny and i deeply appreciate johnny more so than i do um a movie that was two years before the mask Mm -hmm. before jim carrey really blew up after this and of course ace ventura uh a movie called uh high strung written and starring steve odekirk oh yeah uh a, a, an actor that you probably and, and director you probably recognize from uh, Kung Pao, Under the mm, Fist. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe some thumb movies. It's got it's got a sort of like student film vibe to it, but it's a yeah. I think a very good monologue film. It's got Biff from Back to the Future. Very true. Has Jim Carrey. Crazy. And Jim Carrey is in it as as death. As death. As the the vision of death. Ooh. Also uh which is worth seeing. <laughs> there's other people in it too. Fred Willard. Fred Willard's got in Fred Willard in there. You got you got someone from Star Trek? Based on a comic book? No. Uh, no, you see, so you can't watch keep this so for your Jim Carrey podcast, Carry On, and let's move it up. Okay, yeah. That was clever. No? That's that's no? fair enough. That's fair enough. All right. Well, here's my question, though, real quick. I have a question, real quick. Uh-huh. So about, yeah. Jim, about Jim Carrey. So mm-hmm. was this... I, I never understood, though, if this movie was... Was this movie made as a Jim Carrey vehicle? Or did Dark Horse want to do a mask comic it, movie... Yeah. Anyway, I can answer. The original script was a little darker, and they briefly had Rick Moranis tied to it, and at another point, Nicolas Cage was tied to it. Whoa, wait, what? Oh, yeah. man. Oh, shit. Both of those would have been <laughs> fine. Both those of would those great. would have Ooh, been great. Wait, no, actually, what would be awesome is Rick Moranis as Ipkiss yeah. and Cage as The Mask. As Dorian? No, no, as no, The Mask. Just the Mask. Oh, as The Mask. So when, when yeah, when, when. When Moranis turns into the mask, it's, it's Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage. Just Nicolas Cage doing Case of a it, Vampire. It's, Nicolas Cage. It's, it's unscripted oh, Nicolas Cage. It's my favorite Nicolas Cage movie. They, they don't even give him a script. They just put Nicolas Cage in a yellow suit and they just make him go. <laughs> There's no mask. It's just... <laughs> yeah. yeah they, we'll do that in post. <laughs> just be yourself, Nick. <laughs> be more than yourself. But worse. Jonathan. Um, this has it's been, Johnny, but Johnny, this has been magical. Um, I know that you actually have a podcast of your own, and this is an excellent opportunity for you oh. to tell to tell us a little bit about it. I don't actually. I do produce a podcast, though. Yeah, I've listened to it, Johnny. Yeah, I produce a podcast. It's called just what? <laughs> okay, go ahead. No, just continue. Well, I don't have a podcast. I'm, I don't. I'm, I'm not on any podcasts, but I produce a podcast called Describe Fear. Describe fear. Describe fear. Mm-hmm. And describe fear is mostly about the topics that impact all of our lives. And now, a quick question. Yeah. Are you audibly talking, heard? Are you audibly heard on episodes of Describe Fear? No, I produce Describe Fear. Right, but is your voice on it? No, no, no. We have two hosts that are great. I've worked closely with them, and they're delightful people. Okay. All right. And uh, I. I appreciate working with them. It's been a pleasure working with them. It's phenomenal, yeah. Currently, the podcast is on a little hiatus. Um, the hosts have relocated, and they are currently setting up a new studio, but they will be broadcasting live very shortly from Well, just Chicago. so you know, I have this studio here in my office. If, yes. if, you, if you have any interest in utilizing or having your, your talent utilize the studio, that's a... Uh, yeah, we'll, we can talk about rental fees later. <laughs> sure. I can, like... Just yeah, I sit, feel like this might not be the best podcast. Just like send send your people an email later. Can I send your secretary an email? Yeah, yes. Yeah, All right. So, but anyway, I'm talking about. I do want to plug though. I, I'm saying I do produce a podcast called Describe yeah, Fear. Yeah, finish your plug. Sorry. Describe Fear is very good. It is a podcast about the topics that impact our lives and how they affect us, as well as how they integrate and impact based upon the hit 1996 film Fear, starring. Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon. Describe fear. Uh, coming soon with new episodes. Actually, I'm sorry. Did you say? Did you say Least Witherspoon? It's Reese. Witherspoon, okay, I heard actually. Least. 
It's a uh, it's Reese Witherspoon might be right. I think I think if you can't afford Reese Witherspoon, yeah, yeah you go with the least <laughs> Witherspoon you can get. <laughs> it's her smaller sister <laughs> that you pay for in installments. Uh, all right, well let's go ahead and you you trade her in every four years for a new Re- Witherspoon. Folks, <laughs> please please take us out before this goes anywhere. <laughs> This one went off the rails like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Give us that outro. Uh, I crave it. it. For this episode of Not Another Origin Story, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, slash NAOSpod. Um, ben updated our Instagram. so it's. I'm back on it. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's he's, he's going to keep it going, so maybe go follow that. Uh, you can leave us comments there or anywhere. If you have a suggestion for a movie you'd like to see us do next, uh, please give us suggestions. It just makes it easier so me and Ben don't have to sit here and try to debate what we should do. Um, yeah, if you want to follow Ben, you can find him at the Disco Pony on Twitter or follow his comedy pod or comedy Twitter, The Strange Log. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at its pogues, but I never update. Johnny, do you have anywhere you want to send people? Uh, yeah, I have a few. Thank you. Uh, you can go to. Uh... <laughs> You can go to Instagram as at uh, Johnny Clip, which you can figure out how to spell, I guess. And there is also at Describe Fear for the podcast I produce, uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. and that's a really good uh, show that I produce and have and never am on actually. Just produce it. Okay, and then real quick to probably be helpful, uh, he spells his name without an H, so it's it's yeah. Johnny. No, it, it's at J O N N Y K L I P P. So really. There was no way to figure out how to spell it. No, you wouldn't figure it out. All right. I feel like that's as good a place as any to end. We'll see you next week for a mini episode. We'll tell you what movie's up next. Smoking. The fans say big head. <laughs>